Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more programmes, visit brumradio.com. Get on with it. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Every week. It just, that, you that, just that's fail. A, that's Alfred Hitchcock, man. You can get a better Alfred Hitchcock than You that. need to start varying it, though. Like, maybe go for some high-pitched ones, because literally, it's just you're just varying the deeper tone each week. <laughs> So, like, you know, go for, like, a high-pitched Mickey Mouse star on one week. Hello, and welcome to the Geek of Podcast. Yes, that's and quite good. That's like better, that. yeah, that's better. Oh, hello, plum. That do. Yeah, that's good. That's a very good Mickey impression. Yeah, we'll go with that. Hi, guy. Parish. Mr. Bloomfield, hello. Hello. You all right? I've got a coffee in my hand. I'm set. That You've got a coffee in your hand while you're standing like a teapot. <laughs> that, that, that humming noise. I'm short and stout. Yeah. Is the empty void that's in the studio this week. <laughs> yes. I think George and Dave are still off with the Gardens of the Galaxy and Phil's gone to rope in and give him a hand, I think. Just us three this week. They did need a rocket raccoon surrogate. Yes. So, you know. I don't know. Which one would you say Phil would be out of the Rock Gardens of the Galaxy? We all know Guy's Drax. I don't know, actually. Wouldn't that be Nebula? Yeah. No, I think Drax. See, I would have gone, gone Phil as Drax. No, but Phil's got a sense of humour. So is Drax. Well, he has now. Dave Massey's Rocket Raccoon, because obviously, you know, he digs around drawers and... Trash panda. panda. (laughs) No, Dave's Groot. He just never speaks. (laughs) Who would Keith be? I think Keith would be Yondu. Oh, that's okay. I'll I'll go with uh, being a Michael Rooker surrogate, that's fine. I'm happy with that. I'm obviously Star-Lord. Yeah, obviously. Who? Well, who else could I be? Pete Serenofovich from the first film. (laughs) That guy lasts five minutes. That's definitely not me. Right, you're going with your introductions. We only last five minutes. Well, you could be. What's the What's the guy that was John C. Riley? I don't know. Was he, no, he wasn't Nova Prime. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah, was he was. Talking to Step Brother, uh, talking to John C. Riley. I I was um didn't did I send you the Step Brothers clip of Fart recently online? No. Uh, I I just rewatched the clip from Step Brothers online about three times in a row the other day when John C. Riley farts. That's Is that the husband. highlight of the movie for you? Is that the best bit? That I mean, you you said you didn't like Step Brothers. No, I said. I don't mind Step Brothers. Oh, it's incredible. Anchorman is a better film. I've never seen Step Brothers. Oh, Keith, get on it. It's great. It's got Will Ferrell in it, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 I should see it. It's fantastic. I'd say Anchorman's better. I mean, the yeah, first Anchorman. it is better, but Step Brothers is genius. Step Brothers has its moments. The drum kit scene is, <laughs> is, is, is a particular favourite of mine. Got boats and hose as well, you know. So is that Presti- a Prestige worldwide. <laughs> Talked about sharing a room. I had a visitor stopover last night, didn't I? Did you? Yes. Somebody's dressed as Oddlaw in the studio. I don't know what that means. Doesn't he look like Shmi? <laughs> could be Shmi. Could be Oddlaw. Oddlaw's the evil wears Wally. Man, I wear like flowery shirts every single week, but the time I wear like a stripy top, people are like, oh my God, what's wrong with Guy? Why is he wearing something completely different? It's like, jeez, have other We're not clothes. saying there's anything wrong no. with it. It's just very stripy and I'm you look like in, I'm going to come in in a black t-shirt one of these days. You're going to turn around and go, Dave Massey's in the studio. <laughs> Dave Massey done. does dress like Ricky Gervais. Hi, Dave, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Probably going to end up looking more like Robert Smith. I could go for a Robert Smith look. I think. He's not pale enough for Robert Smith. Just whack some lippy on him, he'll be fine. Yeah. What, what did we see on our walk into the studio this morning? I mean, this. You, you need to explain uh, this story. I don't know how to explain it. So, dog walking. That's a thing, yeah? People do every day. I believe you're correct in that assumption. So you've seen dog walkers. We saw cat walking. There was a cat on a retractable lead. To, to make the story better, the cat is called Carl, and the cat has zero respect for his owner. That's a good cat. <laughs> That's a good cat. But you're living in the inner city by the canal. These cats can't get out. They've got no garden. So I'm not surprised yes. they get taken out for a walk. Carl, the cat, was just sniffing a pile of leaves, it looked like, in the corner. And the owner was getting more and more frustrated. Come on, Carl. Come on. <laughs> like, Carl, listen to me. Come on, Carl. I mean, 
that poor cat wants to roam, yeah. wants to yeah. climb up buildings. Wants to attack a swan. It's, it's, it's got catty attitudes. I mean, I've seen people walking like um, ferrets and stuff around my area and stuff like that. So it's quite quite used to seeing that. But this is the first cat. time you ever saw somebody walk a cat. Yeah, a cat on a lead. That was quite an experience. To be perfect. What's honestly. the what's the protocol on cat fouling? Because all the signs say dog fouling. So it's yes. very specifically for dogs. So what happens if you a cat fouls? So I think this goes back to when you used to have a license for a dog. These were like lots more Byzantine laws. It's like this whole thing about if you run a dog over, you have to legally stop. But if you run a cat over, you can continue driving. That's because no one likes cats. There are cat people in the world. There's some nice, lovely cats. Just not very many of them. I don't like cats. They're, they're sinister. They're sinister. They've got agendas. I'd have thought you and a cat would have had a lot in common. Nah, nah. There's only one room for one ego in that relationship. <laughs> Staring at each other across the room. All about dogs, man. Dogs are like needy. They want you. See, a dog wants to be your friend. A cat wants to be fed. That's it. Yeah. Cats have claws. No, no household pet should have claws. I think, I think you'll find most household pets have claws. Dogs have claws. Yeah, but they don't hurt you like nice. cats do. I've been scratched by dogs in the past. Snakes. That's that's what you want because yes. they don't have claws. <laughs> or an axolotl. Fish. Axolotl is not a fish. What's an axolotl? It's a baby salamander before they change into the salamander form, but they're the ones with the frills and like the really smiley face. Why they're you, really cute. Why do you know that information? Because Brian's an animal person. I like all creatures, great I, and small. I like cats. I'm going to show cats a picture. Know of how it is. I'm going to actually show Guy a picture of an axolotl. L- look at that happy face. Yeah, he does look happy to be fair. They're very happy little animals. They're chilled out. I, I wouldn't mind an axolotl. We'll go and get one then. It's a Mexican salamander or a Mexican walking fish. God, the people in the studio next door are being so noisy. Pipe Yes, down. we apologise if you can hear it in the background. They're people who have to come in on a Saturday because they've done naughty things in life and they have to be showing PowerPoint presentations about not to be naughty. So, and we have to be interrupted by their noise. It is, it is, like, a, it is like a school class because you, yes. you can see the back row as we come into the studio. And, <laughs> and they're, they're all sitting there going... We're not listening to a word. We're just here because we have to be. I like, I like I'm the, here so I won't get fined, basically. <laughs> I like that when we come into the building and they, they, they're in their meeting thing and they look over to us like, like, oh, are you coming in as well? It's kind of like, no, because we haven't been naughty, so we actually get to enjoy our Saturdays. <laughs> and I know as well they go at the end when there's a test, they'll go, well, this is easy. I just say the one that I wouldn't do. Yeah. So I'm going to pass. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, the, the, the two options, there's the one you should do and the one you shouldn't. Which one will you choose? Uh, Keith, I've got a challenge for you. Go into the room now and just go, oh, sorry, I'm late, and then just walk out again. <laughs> Can you sign my form? <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite funny. Go on. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a pound, one shiny British no, pound. No, Is it a new pound or an that, old pound? That pound has no value. <laughs> I'm not going to do it for a pound. How's your week been anyway, Ryan? What have you been doing? I went to go play with VR on Tuesday with the eponymous Mr. David Massey. They went down to BCU. Went to BCU Parkside Media House for the launch of New Reality Network, and they're showing various different versions of VR. So like Google Cardboard, Oculus Rift, PlayStation VR, all the stuff that we played with in the past. All the stuff I spent for a yes. on. and don't use. Yeah. When was the last time you played a VR game? Uh, a while. Sorry, I'm too much. <laughs> what uh, VR game was it? Um, eagle Flight. Is that where you pretend to be an eagle? Mm-hmm. Is it like that scene in Scrubs with JD and Turk, where he's like? Running him through the building on your shoulders. I haven't seen that. You've not seen Scrub. I gave up on it. It got boring. So you dropped 350 quid on the headset, plus whatever it was for the console. Then how much was the game? <laughs> a lot. But you had hours of entertainment out of that. Hours. I mean, to be fair, we, it was worth the money alone for Phil as his screeching. I, I, I could probably get the same result with a 
£12.50 bottle of Jack Daniels from the local newsagent. <laughs> <laughs> or a bottle of tequila with a worm in it and just shake the worm. Yeah. Was the event that you went to, Dave Massey, was this the event where like people were dressed up smart and then you turned up in a Star Wars t-shirt? No, that was the week before. That was at the Launcher Alpha Works where Dave didn't tell me it was a launch for a very nice nice new co-working space in Birmingham. Yeah, so I, I turn up in my 80s celebration t-shirt, which you've seen in the studio in the past with all of the 80s cartoons on all of them and usual jeans and a pair of Converse shoes and then 40 or 50 people in suits walking. They, they just looked at you and they just thought, trash. Well, they probably thought social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that Bramour bunch. <laughs> so I was I was looking at one of these office spaces. This is in the Alpha Tower. It might be worth having a look at. Yeah. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be wearing a suit no. like, ever. No, I think it was because it was a launch. It was, it was a launch. dress fancy. Yeah, just... There was launch. There was free Prosecco. Phil Ellis missed out. Phil Ellis will be upset about that. There was free Prosecco in the city and he didn't get any. I'm sure that man has drank enough of the city's free Prosecco to, you know. That man funds an industry. <laughs> I'm developing the theory that Prosecco doesn't really exist. It's just it's imaginary. It's fizzy-wide. It's just fizzy Isn't stuff. it just like a modern Lambrino? It's, it's, it's for people who want champagne but can't afford champagne. I reckon what it is, is it's all those guys that used to drive around in vans with pop that they used to sell on street corners <laughs> that have been in a warehouse for 60 odd years and yeah. everybody's gone it's gone a bit off it's gone a bit <laughs> off it's lost all its colour what are we going to do with it it's a bit fizzy well, I tell you what we'll run it through a soda stream yes. stick it in wine bottles say. <laughs> and sell it to people as Prosecco I was going to say there's probably a factory full of children like opening bottles of Blue Nun and putting it in a soda stream just to fund this industry <laughs> there's a hint of dandelion and burdock about this one here's a question for you It's a, I have never because we've played this game before I have never tried white lining. I've drank white lining in the past. It's it's the 14-year-old park beverage of choice. Does it not taste like petrol? No, that's meth. Or petrol. <laughs> or petrol, yeah. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't recommend either, to be honest. Is it worth getting a bottle and having a try? I think the fact that you're, you're over 18, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's a very specific era where white lining tastes nice. It's the same era that Mad Dog 2020 still tastes nice. White lightning. The next thing you know, you'll be drinking Thunderbird. And then after that, it'll be a taboo. <laughs> Tenant yeah. super. <laughs> See, my generation of underage drinking, not that this is anything to do with illegalness, was it was Hooch and all the Alco Pops. Oh, I was Christ. just at the age when Alco Pops massively came out. So it was like Hooch, Two Dogs, Lemonade, all that stuff. WKD. Do you remember like the fate? What? to be AKD where it was this like, like blue VK Ice VK Blue I was like, oh, <laughs> you had VK God. Ice and VK Blue I had many nights out on VK Ice and VK Blue because I used to go to a nightclub in Bromsgrove which has subsequently disappeared but it used to be £10 entry and a £1 a bottle for that stuff all night the stomach 16 bottles of that stuff a night they were all to... just derivatives of K-Cider and it, yeah I saw somebody still drinking that stuff yeah, a few weeks ago. Was... Do they also have a bottle of Kingfisher with them and some uh, like <laughs> Lambrini Perry? <laughs> like I purchased all my alcohol in the eighties, and I will continue to drink it to this day. I've, n- I've never tried Tenant Super either. What was your beverage of choice as a young child in the past? Guinness. Guinness. You went straight for the old man stout. Yeah. Guinness is Sunday. To a pint glass. <laughs> I was going to say Guinness is Sunday lunch in a pint glass. It's sturdy it, it, stuff. It's a beer that you have to like task yourself to drink. It's it, it's almost on the verge of chewing that drink. Mm. Proper. Yeah. Proper. No gas. Tweet as your underage beverage of choice. Yeah, because that's a legal segment. <laughs> so what has Keith been up to this week? Keith's been around. M- mostly. On public transport. There was a bank holiday, I think. Yes. Something happened. Workers holiday day. Phil Ellis wouldn't know about that. <laughs> bit of... Who's going to be raging at me now? <laughs> bit, of, bit of this. Bit of that. 
Yeah. A bit uneventful, really. No Guardians of the Galaxy, because I saw that last week. Watched a bit of TV. Some stuff that I was I was tasked to watch yeah. and wished that I hadn't. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just, that bad. I'll um, mention it later uh, it, on. <laughs> I, I'm, I won't slang it off. I've, I've many, many issues with it. Does that um, benefits Jay? We'll <laughs> see. But I don't know. I I seem to. I I think I've fallen on off the fence onto completely the wrong side. So hey, spring going on. Sorry, I yes. don't know what's going on. I was trying. Yeah. To, I was trying to message Guy discreetly, but he ignores me. You should have just sent him a text. <laughs> That's how everybody does it. That's how the kids do it in my house. The show that Viv's found, my lovely wife Vivian, has found on ITV4 at the oh, moment. Yeah. You, you need to hear about this show. So you've got William Shatner, Henry Winkler, George Football, George Foreman. George, fo- George Football. <laughs> yeah, George Football oh, Foreman. I've heard of this. And some NFL player. And it's them on like a lad's holiday in going around Asia. I've heard, I've heard of this. And I've heard that it's actually not that bad. We, we watched about half an hour of it this morning. And you had them stopping in a capsule hotel. So you had George Foreman on the bottom level snoring his head off while the rest of them are talking. And then a naked Japanese man appears and starts climbing the ladder in front of um, Henry Winkler's face. And he's like, well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> See, this sounds better already. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. I might give that a try. ITV4. 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 That's one of the 73 ITVs. Yes. Yeah. And it's on freebie, so you can watch it. That's cool. I might give that a try. I'd heard that. I'd heard some good things about that, actually. It was just like the oddest show ever to watch William Shatner and Henry Winkler wander around with George Foreman. Say Winkler again. Winkler. George Wink. (laughs) Hello. I used to I, be the farmers. But, every, but the, my favourite bit was when somebody stopped you in the crowd and said, I know you from Waterboy. Not Happy Days, not Arrested Development, Waterboy. Yeah, but there was that girl who went, oh, were you a person from Mesh? And it's kind of like, <laughs> obviously not. And then you got William Shatter in the background going, why does nobody want to speak to me? I'm yeah. famous. Surely they would have said, aren't you John Malfio's dad? Yes. So, you know. But it's people, it's, it's people's cultural touchstones these days. Waterboy. Granted, it's one of the Adam Sandler good movie selections, but hang on, what words are those together? I won't hear bad words. Adam Sandler good. He had a few movies that were all right. Telling me to do an egghead special. (laughs) We're not watching egghead. We're not watching Mr. Deeds. You're not watching Little Nicky. I did notice that some a new TV series had started this week with Guy's favourite actor, Paul Blart, male cop. Was in it. Oh, Kevin James. Yeah, he's got a new TV Kevin Can Wait. Love Kevin yeah, this James. is a new show on E4, is it? Kevin Can Wait, which is know. basically him with all of his mates hanging out again. It's basically, you know, like that terrible show he used to do about him being a mailman. King and he just Queens, got yeah. and he just got all of his mates to appear in it. He's basically done another show where he has a hot wife and all of his mates appear in it. Do you know what I need? Grown ups free. It needs to happen. The trilogy will be complete. <laughs> People used to think the Police Academy series was bad. There's only one trilogy we speak of in here. I can, I, I might be able to do a, a, an impression of Zed from Police Academy, but this could go really wrong. Go on then. No, that was no. terrible. Okay. It's gone a little bit higher like that. It George is on the Mick Jagger. And then I, I'll have my Arnie impression, which is just... Die. I, I could, but I'm not going to attempt it, because all I can think of being when he's in Scrooge. Oh, yeah, same one as you, you know. That's just... That's no, kind of... God, really? You're sounding like Christopher Walken now. He's actually a proper So I took his watch. I took his watch. And I told him I was going to do all this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that watch for four years. Four years, man. <laughs> that is probably the best scene in Pulp Fiction, just because it's got Christopher Walken in it. What's your favourite scene in Pulp Fiction? Um... John Travolta getting shot on the toilet. Yeah. Is that because you just have an irrational hatred of John Travolta? No, I like John Travolta. 
<laughs> the lies <laughs> going through there. I like John Dewar. Shocked and just like by that. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, Battlefield Earth, man. Who could who could deny? It's Samuel Jackson's is. fault. He gets shot as well. Yeah. Well, well he, he left his he left his Uzi on the him. counter. No, it's Samuel L. Jackson's fault because there's always the two of them, and Samuel L. Jackson decides to go off and walk the earth. Yeah, well, fair play to him. And leaves him alone. Hitman's working. Hitmen working. Pet. Fair play. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that what's his face. I think Rames' character could have afforded a second hitman. Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus, yeah. yes. I don't know. Isn't there a whole t- um, a game series that's based around a single lone hitman? That wasn't very good. That's at Ubisoft, isn't it? Yes. I, well, I like Ubisoft games, they're all right. When they finish them about six months after release, yeah. I like in Pulp Fiction when Chris Wallace is in his car and Bing Rames walks past, he just listens and he goes, Mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just stops and with then the shopping. Hit on the car. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, every scene in Pulp Fiction is a good scene. Mm. They all flow together quite nicely. Yeah, really, it's a good movie. I think it's one of Quentin's best. I don't know. I think Reservoir Dogs edges it out. Inglorious Bastards for me. You can't. You don't have to edit that so because that's a title of a film. I don't know. No, I, 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 I just Hateful Eight wasn't brilliant. It is weakest. No, I think Django's is weakest. Django mm. goes on far too long. Django could have lost an hour in the middle quite easily. Yeah. I do quite like the one that you wrote that was directed by Tony Scott. Oh, True oh, Romance. True Romance is yeah. That kind like of that. gets away with it. That's, good. That's, a, that's a good movie. Christian Slater. Kind of like Distilled Dawn. I know he doesn't yeah. have right in that, but he acts That's a it. good movie. I like that. So you got any weird news for us this week? I have got weird news, actually. Keith, Jingle. Ryan's got weird news. He's got the weird news. Ryan's got weird news. Here it comes. <laughs> Every week, you top yourself <laughs> with another brilliant jingle. Uh, are, are we ready for this one? When me and Kirk do Should DJ do sets from now on, can you just like do jingles in between <laughs> our songs? Like, they're playing another song. Ryan's got weird news. Ryan's got weird news. Here it comes right at you now. Ding, 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 now. Are we ready now for weird news? This is from our lovely friends at theguardian.com. Are they our friends? I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that they'd be friendly to us. They didn't send me a birthday card. No. So, you know. They're, they're acquaintances. Yeah, they're casual <laughs> Media acquaintances. acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, could you pass me my salad? I'd quite like to eat it while I'm listening to weird news. <laughs> Do you even get a fork with it? I hope I get a fork with it. I'm screwed. If, I'm going to eat it in my hands. If not, I'm digging straight in Hang my on. hands. Talking of weird news. What a weird description guy for a is, salad. Guy is vegan for a month, aren't you? This is another thing. I don't like skimmed milk or semi-skimmed milk. They're pointless. Yeah. But we've got here a pesto salad. No, pesto pasta with semi-dried tomatoes. Why? Either go the whole hog or not. <laughs> don't go halfway. And how do you know it's halfway? There's, there's still a little semi? bit moist. That's what it means. And, and it's got a picture of a fork and it says included. Keith, I noticed you haven't handed me the lunch yet. Because <laughs> I'm trying to save you from yourself. Crack on. Really? Crack on, I'll crack on with this. Ukraine bans Steven Seagal as threat to national security. <laughs> Carry on. Did you even listen to a word I just said? Steven Seagal security. <laughs> Ukraine has banned American action movie star Steven Seagal as a national security threat, making him the last latest of several figures to be blacklisted. The Ukrainian security service said it has forbidden Steven Seagal entry into the country for five years in a letter published by the new site Apostrophe. The service's press le- secretary later confirmed the ban to other media outlets. What, what, was he going there? The letter said it was such a da- decision has been made when the person has committed socially dangerous actions that contradict the interests of maintaining Ukraine's security. The move comes after the actor received 
citizenship in Russia, which has backed separatists in a simmering conflict in eastern Ukraine. President Vladimir Putin handed Stephen Skal a Russian passport and he told them he hoped their close personal record relationship will remain and continue. Ukraine previously banned Russia's entry into the Eurovision Song, Song Contest that Kiev is holding next week. And Steven Seagal has got a really bad hair dye job nowadays. Woo. It, it, it's, it looks like Vantablack. It, it looks like it's a void on his face. It's gone that dark with the hair dye. It looks like it's been added in on, on Photoshop afterwards. Yes. Why is he dressed like a samurai? Uh, because he apparently thinks he's Chinese and a Buddhist. Of, so. of the 80s action heroes, Steven yeah. Seagal is the, the one who really doesn't deserve it. He was the star of the 1992 hit Under Siege, as well as straight-to-video films such as Kill Switch, Out for a Kill, Driven, Driven to Kill, and has had a long love affair with the Soviet Union. There's, there's, eaten... a, there's an indictment of your career. He was in Under Siege, one film mentioned, yes. Under Siege. And, and other straight-to-video films, such as this list of the 63. Yes. <laughs> he has eaten carrots with Europe's last dictator, Alexander Lukashenko in Belarus, ridden a horse in a suit of armour and at the Nomad Games in Kyrgyzstan, and has taken part in traditional dance whilst visiting che- Chechen strongman Ramzad Kadriov. So, well, to be honest, who hasn't... around then, isn't he? Yeah. Who hasn't done that? <laughs> he's hitting up the Eastern Bloc. Riding around on a horse in armour. Yes. Kind of thing we do. Yep. Segal's outspoken support for Putin and his policies of ending the enmity of the Ukrainian authorities. The act called Russia Russia 2014 annexation of Crimea of the from Ukraine as very reasonable. And he has later played a, with his blue ba- blues band at a concert in Crimea put on by a pro-Putin biker club with the flag of Eastern Ukraine separatists <laughs> flying on stage. It just gets weird when you go down. It's like a terrible TV show. Yeah. So what, what random thing can we get Steven Seagal to do now? I, I completely understand they're banning him, but it's still an odd pick. I'm sure there's lots more political people up the list. I don't know. What do you think, Guy? I'm enjoying the salad. I was questioning whether to eat the leaves or not first, though. Like, should I eat leaves in a salad? But it's all right. There's no snails in it, so... I'd eat the leaves. Yeah, they're, they're right. green. Green's are good for you. I know. I'm a fat lad as well, so I should eat my greens, you know. Yes. Is this a weight loss, weight loss thing and why you've gone veggie? No, it's not a weight loss thing. I've gained weight since I did this half marathon. Do they just ban the man, not his films? So you could still watch Steven Seagal movies even though he couldn't come to this country? I, I don't know. I think it's just it's a personal thing. That they, they really just don't like Steven Seagal. Imagine someone breaking down your door. You're watching a Steven Seagal movie, <laughs> busting it. But the thing is, I would ban him for the content he's put out rather than the politics. It's like, yeah, this man makes no good movies. What was the last good Steven Seagal movie that you watched? Executive Decision. Like, you read a list out? I don't even remember. I, I couldn't even name you anything. You just read off that list. Under Siege. It's just Die Hard on a Boat. Pretty much. Executive Decision. That's good. They blow him up yes. after about four minutes. Well, that was more of a... Is it... Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell film, yeah. yeah. I always used to get really confused between Kurt Russell and Michael Douglas. Why? I don't know. I just like had this mental block that I could never separate the two of them. Great situation at the dinner table at my girlfriend's house. We were talking about Michael Douglas for some reason. And we kept going on about it. We were talking about his films and something like that. And her dad randomly just kicks out and says, I'm fed up with this Michael Douglas scenario. And we were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and he just looked at him like, what does that mean? So ever since we, like, to this day, every time we mention Michael Douglas, we call him the Michael Douglas scenario. Because for some reason, Laura's dad was annoyed at Michael Douglas. So he referred to it as the Michael Douglas scenario. I don't know, he might have been in the film. Was he annoyed at him for getting married to Catherine Zeta-Jones? I don't know why. I just don't is know why he, he Is he more of a Kurt Douglas fan? Maybe. And he thinks his son's overshadowed his brilliant work. Maybe. Michael have you seen what Kurt Douglas looks like now? He looks Ferengi. <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to pull up a picture of Kurt Douglas and he looks like the Grand Nagus now. Oh, yeah, but he's, well, he's, he's got to be well in his... Oh, 
Nice going, Kurt. Yeah. He had a big announcement recently saying that he's going to be retiring from public duties. <laughs> he still waddles it, waddles out occasionally. Why are you looking for your um, picture, Kurt Douglas? Um, why it's rubbish from last week? Yes. Did we? Do we want to do the results? Yeah, now? we can do the results. Well, we put them out. I'll put them out. Put them out on there. Um, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked and amazed that it's gone up and down over the week. Two particular uh, choices have battled it out, like like two party race. Um, the losing choice with only nine percent of the vote was CEX staff. Oh, you're not allowed. Sorry, guy. <laughs> they're, 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 um, no, no <laughs> rubbish. I'm bloody rubbish. Give me some training. Second, and I vote for this. I voted for this one myself. With four, only fourteen rigged, percent of the rigged. vote was cinema seat allocation, <laughs> and in a last minute. Uh, change of, of, of leadership. Uh, no linked up public transport came in second at thirty six percent. Mr. Ellis then, has stormed the bloody Forty one percent of the vote. Misuse of the quiet coach won it. Yeah, that's only because Phil's told the story about a man fighting in the train. <laughs> well, I reckon that's that's yeah. you know Phil's he, Phil's just bribed all his Twitter followers to vote to, yes. uh, for his particular one. So I think in the popular vote, you uh, know, I, yeah, I think... he's won in the same way a contestant on X Factor because he's yes. got the most relatives. <laughs> and um, you know, so he he told to a sob story, didn't he? That's what it was. He, he broke down, he cried, yes. uh, and he got all of his relatives to uh, vote for him. So you know, he may have won. Uh, oh, it's his ears, isn't it? That's Kirk <laughs> Douglas's ears. That's why he looks like a Ferengi. Jeez. Um, so yeah, so he looks um, like the Grand Nagus, doesn't he? But we all know the real winner was uh, seat allocation in cinemas, and just people who uh, they were they weren't lo- they weren't looking at the tweets because they were busy arguing with cinema staff over where they were seated, so they couldn't obviously yeah. do it. So yeah, but yeah, Phil and the staff and CEX were too busy to vote because they were too busy doing something else other than their jobs. <laughs> Everybody else was stuck in a queue and there's no Wi-Fi. It's the hottest film released at the moment. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is out. Only just released in the states yesterday. Actually, we had an advantage for a change. UK got an early release. You said that like a um, like a TV presenter. <laughs> it's the hottest release of the moment. One movie to watch it all. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, in theatres now. We do do quite well with the Marvel movies in the UK. We do yeah. usually get them a week before the States. Well, they record quite a significant chunk of them over here, don't they? Yes, and we're a much more discerning audience yes. over in the UK. Like, we like to see our films. We don't clap and applaud at the end. Yes. And or, or jump around. Yep, so Orcs Awesome Mix, Volume 2, Star-Lord and the Team Return, and pretty much same cast as last time with a few extras thrown in. Don't think there was many additional people that they added in this time around. Just Mantis, really, is probably there. Yeah, in, in terms of lead characters, yeah. yeah, Mantis played a particularly big part. There was a couple of more background, yeah, um, characters um, introducing a couple of new species yeah. races uh, into the kind of thing, all straight from the mm-hmm. original kind of Marvel storyline. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, James Gunn has uh, done another He's great job. it off again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. Um, Disassociated from the majority of the other Marvel movies because it just takes place in its own world. Yeah. It has it's not feeding in too much to anything else. I mean, we've got the big kind of Thanos stuff building yeah. away in the background, but it's not tying into the next movie it's, that comes it's out tangentially. Right? I was expecting yeah. quite a bit with Thor Ragnarok to get involved, to be honest. But they they looks like they've kept it pretty separate. Uh, yeah, less less because we had the Shakarans appear yeah. in the previous m- movie. Which yeah, should hopefully tie into kind of. Um, Planet Hulk, Ragnarok, Thor yeah. storyline, but yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, the, the whole it was. 
I, I described it as the most comic book of comic book movies. And I think um, that's a pretty apt description. We'll try and be as spoiler-free as possible, as always. But, as I said, threadbare pop plot, in my opinion. But the character development was excellent in this film. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you go and see Guardians of the Galaxy, you're going to see those characters. And yeah. considering two of them are entirely CGI creations, you know, uh, Rocket goes through some considerable development in this yeah. film. You know, a lot of the reasons why he is the character he is was kind of laid out for us in this. And I think it was a, yeah. a wonderful way of kind of em- getting us to empathise with a, a digital character. He, he was very real in his... Yeah. his uh, needs and why he did a lot of things. He, he yeah. was a very, you know, very well-rounded character. And yeah. Baby Groot, you know, uh, Baby Groot about? stole Baby the show Groot. as always. Yeah, I think I was getting tired of it towards the end of the movie, and I'm glad they've done the change that they showed in the after-credit scene. Yeah, because that builds up the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and I think Groot will be a much more interesting character in Volume Three. Yeah, and and that, that I mean, there were five post-credit scenes. So if you are going yeah. to see it over this weekend, do, do stay do, till do the stay very till end. Very end. None of them are essential, but they add something to the world of Guardians of the Galaxy. And if you follow the thread of, of what Guardians yeah. Two is about, and it's and not to spoil it, it's about father son relationships. It's yeah. about familiar relationships of all yeah. kinds, not just father son ones. There's there's daughters, there's sisters, sisters yeah. and all the rest and of it. That was another great bit of development when you got Gamora and Nebula actually building on their characters quite yeah. a lot because. We just saw nothing of them really in the first movie yeah. and their relationship. It was just pretty much you're both daughters of Thanos and get on with it. Yeah, and I thought particularly that that group uh, credit scene at the end again was just yeah. building on that the change of dynamics between yes. characters. It was, you know, it was possibly a little CGIE towards the end. Yeah, again, but um, I think it worked pretty pretty nicely because it was undercut by moments of. Uh, very mundane stuff like yeah. the whole have you got tape yeah. undercut the kind of like yeah. there's stuff Happening, going on yeah. epic stuff and, and I think that opening scene yeah. is the perfect example of that because they built yeah. it so much up in the trailers that shot oh, yeah. of drags and then it's like it's all background it's incidental it's yeah. like yeah they're battling to save the universe back there but you know we're, we're more interested in somebody chasing um, space rats yeah um, um, but it was fun and, and that's what I miss from a lot of movies yeah. at the moment was this this playfulness this idea of let's just have fun with it and I think it was one line of heaven yeah, yeah. It, it Rocket Raccoon gets some even Drax Drax they really t- notched up the comedy on him this time yeah. round there's a couple there's a couple of bits that are perhaps a little bit yeah. Off colour. Yeah. And, and don't sit quite as nicely with the playful atmosphere that they're, they're doing. There's yeah. a couple of pieces where you think, oh, that's, probably, that's a little off. Um, but overall, I think, you know, plot holes aside, the whole yeah. kind of like, there's enough there to, to it's, it's passionate and fun enough yeah. to win you over. And big shout out to Michael Rooker. I think he's the standout by far of that cast. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you the, can't go wrong with Mr. Rooker. No. But his development as Yondu, <laughs> calling back to more rats there, guy. <laughs> but his development as Yondu is the the thread of the whole movie, really. Yeah. And it's it's a brilliant way to play on that relationship. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw him as pretty much an anti hero throughout the first film. Yeah. And he still keeps that vibe, but I think. Yeah. There's enough character development to justify his prominence and, in the whole film. I thought I'd seen the best de-aging of somebody when we saw Michael Douglas in Ant-Man a few years ago. Yeah. But the de-aging of, 
of Kurt Russell. Everybody wants that hair. It's like, oh my god. And, and before you even saw him, you knew he'd got that hair. No, your hair is not as lustrous as Kurt Russell's hair in that scene. But I think Marvel, Marvel have, have they know their audience. Yeah. They know what they want to do. They're hiring good directors. They're casting good, good actors. Um, and I think I think they I think they played the right note on this and still keeping it in the Marvel universe, but not directly involved. I think if Iron Man or Captain America or anybody like that turned up in Guardians, yeah, people wouldn't be feeling it. It's like the bit with Doctor Strange where Thor turns up at the end. That's fine. That works completely well for the way they pitch the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. But because Guardians of the Galaxy is so fantastic and it's so far away in that part of the universe, it just wouldn't work as well. Yeah. The only person who probably could translate over is either possibly Thor or Doctor Strange yeah. into the Guardians I movie. I wonder if Guardians plays a little bit better in the UK as well because there's, there's something about it that feels very European in yeah. its view of space. I think their British um, humour yeah. comes across as well. It's quite nice. But again, you know, yeah. and the use of music, the soundtrack I did. I went out and bought the soundtrack just to kind of yeah. play that beforehand, and there's there's a, there's less well-known songs in that yeah. soundtrack. But again, each one of those songs underpins what's happening on screen yeah. so perfectly, and it hits the right beat every yeah. time. I think. I mean, the use of George Harrison yes. in that sequence—you just when you you hear it on the record and you think oh, it's a cool song, I, I, yeah. and then when you see it playing against what's happening on screen, you go, "I yes. can see why they use that bit of music, and it works really well." Yeah. So, so you know. Just, Congratulations, James Gunn. You've, you've done it again. Yeah, what do you think about Mantis? A good character. A little underused, perhaps, in yeah. this. But, um, you know, they, they're kind of spreading their wings with um, the kind of characters that, that they're bringing in. Yeah. So, you know, the, the formation of a different different yeah. dynamic is good. Yeah, and I think the bit with Slice Alone, it, it, it felt like an overlong cameo, but it, it fitted the universe quite well. Yeah, for me... Uh, I've been reading Guardians books since the kind of very first iteration of them in the kind of late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. So when they were introducing characters there, so Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh, you get a little cameo. Turns up, so that they set up four or five of the characters who are yeah. kind of the future Guardians, but they've kind of reworked it. But again, there's little nods in the way they look and the way yeah. they sound and the costumes and stuff are really good. It took me a while to recognise Ben Browder as well from Farscape <laughs> and then Stargate SG-1. It's like, he was gold. Yeah, so, and he just like has this tiny little scene but it's like you're on screen and you go, it's him, the That's, dude from Farscape. <laughs> where's Winona? It's like, yeah. But it's that like, was where's good. Claudia Black? If he's there, Claudia Black's got to be there. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. It was thoroughly yeah. enjoyable. That, that, and that was the thing. It kind of Any of the plot holes and any kind of things, you go, mm, okay, that makes no yeah. sense. But uh, the, the fun it of didn't it. need plot, I think. It's just fun to see them on the screen yeah and that's what people want to go they want to have an escapist movie set in space where it's fun to watch it guy your opinions i liked it <laughs> thank you mr john Trou. that's an endorsement <laughs> there, there, guy. <laughs> i but like it i say two thumbs fresh worth a watch and if you've liked anything in the marvel universe so far Please go, or at least watch Guardians of the Galaxy first. What rating system did you just rip off the... Two thumbs fresh? <laughs> or not one and a half thumbs? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd heartily recommend it. Yes. Uh, for an entertaining evening's entertainment. Uh, and, and especially now, you need something that will just lift you, and, you and, yeah. and stuff. And, it's, and it is emotional. There, you know, yes, there was a bit I'll poignant. say poignant is, yeah. is probably the right word for a few of the scenes. It was very good, very affecting. I liked it. 10th anniversary 16th. of free comic book day. It's the 16th. 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 Anniversary I apologise. Yeah. Um, I think 
perhaps in the UK, yes, it's, it's probably not been running quite as long, but as an event, yeah, uh, globally, it's been running for sixteen years, which is a was long 10. time. Sixteen. I know it was a tenth record store day, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, because oh. nobody likes records. Well, no. records. Comics are much better. <laughs> Who buys plastic discs yeah. to play music on? I don't I know. know. <laughs> what mugs? What absolute mugs? <laughs> Just a, tie, a single groove on both sides, <laughs> making <laughs> making loud vibrate. noises. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Waste of money. Waste of money. Yeah, they're all. You, all these things are all in charity shops everywhere. Nobody wants them. <laughs> charity shops. Do I can't remember last time I walked into a charity shop and they had comics because people want to keep those. Not like yes. those recordy things. Oxfam Bookshop in. Harbon does have a comic selection. Basically, I mean, it's tiny. They got some Beano, they got some Dandy, they got some of the classics. Yeah. Worth a visit. Well, the bees are. Yes. <laughs> Top up. <laughs> Chips. Yeah, well, so yeah, so it's the 16th, 16th anniversary of Free Comic Book Day, so yeah. which is the first Saturday, May. So the, the date varies. It varies, yeah. Uh, and it's an encouragement for people to get into their local comic book store and try out new titles. Um, so some of the books that have been released today are reprints of uh, books that have already been out. Some are introductions to current titles and stuff that are going on there. Uh, and it's all geared around kind of people coming and finding and discovering it. Yeah. Um, and also the regular customers get in a little bit extra yeah. uh, stuff for them. So our local shop, Nostalgia. The best comic had, book shop in Birmingham. Yes. By far. Greatest, greatest, oldest, greatest and best yes. um, have their selection in there. So um, as a regular customer, I managed to get in there a little bit early. So picked up a couple of titles that were going mm-hmm. very, very quickly. Um, so two, a couple of big popular titles that have been um, gone already down there uh, was um, James Cameron's Avatar yeah. book, which I didn't get to see. I've already gone. And um, what was good to see, 2000 AD yeah. um, was going great guns, which is great. Um, Considering they put it as one of their silver titles yeah. this year. Well, I mean, it was opening with a splash page of yeah. Dread in a pool of blood drawn by uh, one of our also local greats, Phil Winslade, yeah. who's doing Lawless in um, the magazine at the moment, or yeah. recently doing it. So that looked really good. Um, so that looks pretty, pretty tidy. Um, but it was a lot of kind of all ages and some stuff for kids and yeah. some stuff for a, a bit more grown up. So uh, one of the big ones that was out was the all ages Buffy uh, yes. book through Dark Horse, um, which I think will be popular. 20th anniversary of Buffy again this year. So that was looking pretty good. Yeah, the Rick and Morty one seemed to be moving pretty fast yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, Rick and Morty is a, a big thing for a lot of us here. Uh, again, that was that's unsuitable for children. Yes. <laughs> Well, if you've ever seen the show, you'll know. So they're not suitable <laughs> for children. Um, another weird one that was that's not suitable for children, but I would, would recommend you picked up was the um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles title. Uh, yeah, they've gone back pretty much to the original style. Yeah, I mean, they? a lot of people forget that when um, Kevin Eastman and uh, the other guy whose name I've forgotten right now uh, first put out yeah. Teenage Mutant, it was a very kind of like a, a parody title, quite um, adult orientated. Yeah, uh, and then it was when it became a cartoon series and was yeah. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in the UK because <laughs> everybody's going to be ninjas. Yeah. Um, so it's gone to Dimension X and stuff. Yeah. So it's a little bit kind of not quite for kids. So people don't realise as well that it was a dead. Um, Daredevil parody to start yeah. off with as well. Well, it's why the it's why the foot called the foot. Yes. So if you know Daredevil history, you've got the hand Clamp, Daredevil. Yeah. So it was, and it's know. the whole thing. The turtles were the same accident that blinded yeah. Matt Murdock. It was, it was yeah. a, a spillage of uh, radioactive goop. Yes, which is pretty good. Um, you know, DC have got their um, superhero girls yep. stuff out, which is great. There's a Wonder good Woman special Wonder as Wonder well. Wonder Woman special as well. Good to see the females getting uh, good representation there. Lots of good titles for. Um, Young ladies to be picking up, and not just with girl heroes as well. Lots yeah. of good stuff for 
uh, kids to be picking up. One I was quite surprised to see, and actually quite like the fact that it's there, is the Star Trek Next Generation special that they've done Mirror Broken. It gains the Mirror Universe with Picard, Data and Troy on the cover. Yeah, well, Star Trek comics have been kicking around for a long time. Um, anybody, anybody of a certain vintage will remember the Gold Key Star Trek comics, which are basically drawn by people who have never seen Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of weird stuff, but it went through Marvel, it's been through DC, it's yeah. been of a couple of other publishers. Uh, and IDW are currently doing a bunch of series. Uh, one is based on the J.J. Abrams verse yeah. side. Um, they're doing a series called Waypoint, which is lots of um, short stories from Next Gen, Enterprise, Deep yeah. Space Nine, Voyager. And that's working really well. So they're doing a lot of interesting stuff yeah. with Star Trek, which is good to see. And it's nice to see that they're still doing stuff for the prime timeline, even though you've got the movies now with the J.J. timeline. Yeah, I mean, everybody's, everybody's quite... Uh, Hyped up over the shirtless, ripped <laughs> Captain Picard on the cover. Picard looks like he's been at the gym. <laughs> yeah, so he's kind of going. Yeah, I'm getting a bit uh, ripped on this. Uh, you know, just because uh, you know, if you're going to be Patrick yeah. Stewart, you're going to do it. Um, One I also need to mention is the Incal by George Rowski and Mobius, which will not be very well known over here. It's no. a French comic, but it's had such a massive impact in the background. Yeah. It's Luc Besson's. One of the works that he used for inspiration for Fifth Element. Fifth Element, yeah, and it's through a publisher who probably people haven't heard a lot of in this country called Humanoids. Yeah, they do a lot of these kind of European comics. Yeah, um, and I mean, a lot of people remember heavy metal and yeah. that kind of era, but this is brilliant stuff from Mobius. And yeah, and it's uh, it's a great it's a great title. Yeah, uh, the art, Mobius's artwork is just Study. beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's 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 wonderful line work. It's really really good. Uh, and the other one that I kind of recommend you pick up if you're a comics fan, particularly the image comics, is Scotty Young's I Hate Image, Yeah. where he's riffing off his character from I Hate Fairyland. And yeah. They basically hate all of the image titles. So, um, Rick Grimes, yeah. Spawn, all the rest of them all come for a bit of a kind of ribbing in yes. that issue. And Scotty Young's artwork's really nice I think well. that's a better way of doing it than Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, which was kind of one of those titles of why is this being made? Yeah. yeah. But um, it's not been a bad... Not no. bad year. And I'd say no. there's still plenty stuff going out there. If you want to look for new titles, don't not go down to Nostalgia Comics yeah, now because the morning's gone. Even though kind of what we are about half past 12 now. Yeah. So you're probably getting down to a few titles. Because what, what people have got to remember as well is that these aren't free for the stores. No. They're free to you as customers, but the stores have to kind of buy them in yeah. um, to encourage you to go down there. So there's a chance that uh, the prime titles will have gone. Yeah. But... Take the opportunity on free comic book day yeah. to go to your local comic shop. So if you're listening to this in Nottingham or wherever it is you might be listening or yeah. wherever it is, Even Google where States, your yeah. local comic shop is, pop down there, go yeah. and have a look, talk to the staff, let them know what you're interested in, what kind of TV shows you like, what kind of movies you're interested in, yeah. and they will point you to books, graphic novels. The, the I mean, we barely mentioned half the titles that are out there. You've got yeah. Kaiser Soze, The Rift. You've got Riverdale, SpongeBob, Freestyle Funnies, Street yeah. Fighter comic. Well, the Tick's got one out. There's hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, and Riverdale. The Riverdale one Riverdale title. The Riverdale title is based on the TV series that's coming yeah. out on Netflix at the moment. They've also got the Betty and Veronica series, which is drawn by Adam Hughes. So yeah. if you love your beautiful. 
um, illustrations one, of, yeah. of, of ladies, then um, that's one to pick up. Yeah, one my wife one, yeah, one, one, one my wife wanted and have been able to source was the Fresh Off the Boat, which is yeah. an ABC comedy series on at the minute, but it's yeah. about Chinese immigrants, and that's nice to see that they've done something around that. Yeah, but I mean, just just go, just yeah. just take it as an excuse. You might not get a free comic book. You might do some of the stores might be plying you with sweets out, and yeah. whatever. Um, I'm sure Nostalgia had some cake available. There was baby Groot cake. Ooh. So that was that. I think that might have all gone already. But yeah, just get down there and talk to the staff, talk yeah. to the other people in the store. Who knows? And, and you might make a, a friend book. in the queue while you're waiting. Yeah, because I mean, you know, unlike these record things, um, <laughs> comics are for, like, ev- for everybody. As, yes. uh, as I, I, ha- to say. I have two questions for the yes. audience. Um, Keith, firstly, Betty or Veronica? <laughs> Stumped, don't keep the stumped, in suspense. Stumped in. <laughs> no, I have to. I don't, you know, well, you see, I will always fall on the side of a brunette. I'm afraid to say. Okay. So I would always go for. And I, now you've said that, I can't remember which one of them was which. Betty's blonde, Veronica's the brunette. Yes, yes it's Veronica. Okay, second question. Veronica Lake, isn't it? Yes. yes. Do you think that free comic book day? can be sort of misleading to fans, like Record Store Day, where you go and queue for overpriced records, but you go and queue for what essentially sometimes is a preview of an upcoming series. Is it leaving fans a bit short that you're going to get a preview issue of something you're going to have to go and spend the money on? I don't know. I mean, it's it's there for experimentation, I'd say. Free comic book day, it's there to pick up titles that you would normally not pick up and see if you like them. Yeah, but it's something... almost like picking up a leaflet for something that you can have, which is better. I think it's, I'd call it a taster. I mean, something like the 2008 D is very much self-contained. Yeah. You know, you're getting, you're getting a, a self-contained story there. And, a, and things like the Boom Studios ones and the Bongo Studios ones are just samplers. They're, they're showing you what you could get in later comics. The one title I didn't mention that um, you might probably still be able to get hotter was Secret Empire. Yeah, the Star Wars uh, one. No, this is uh, the Marvel Oh, the thing. Marvel, sorry, yes. Because of the things that are going on in Marvel at the moment around Steve Rogers' Captain America. Uh, apparently this free comic book day issue of Secret Empire is an essential pickup if you are even curious about what's going on with Steve Rogers and Hydra and Marvel and the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. at the moment in, in Marvel Comics. So I think it's a, it's a pick-up. I picked it up myself. Yeah. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to save a <laughs> Waiting with moment. bated breath. Yeah, yeah so I, I still have my fingers crossed that, 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 that Nick Spencer is is going to um, do a triple double. I think it's gonna, yeah, it'll be a triple double here. or something like that, I hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I have faith that... Um, It'll it'll all come good and and controversy and debate and all these things are part and parcel of being a comics fan. Sometimes yeah. to its detriment, but sometimes you know it can be a positive thing. Well, I think as I said, it's a way to encourage young fans and it's a way to encourage people to pick up titles that they normally wouldn't pick it up. Do you th- do you think the store should charge for the comics? I know it's free comic book day, but do you mean it should be cheap comic book day? Whereas like you know it's. I just think are people going like like with Record Store Day? Are people going just to get the books for the wrong reasons? You'll always get some scalpers, there'll, regardless there'll be an of this of event. That. Yeah, some some of these titles that have been in short supply, particularly in the UK, because again, like Record Store Day, it's not a big market for comics. It's not the, not the scale that it is in somewhere like the states. Yeah. And there will be people who will go right. I'm going to grab that issue because I know I can turn it around for four times. You know, I can make money on that on eBay. Um, but I think if it's if it's encouraging people to try something they haven't before, then then it's then, then it's a, it's good. And comics isn't a cheap hobby. 
you know, if you fall into it in a big yeah. way, it can be a very kind of costly endeavor. But that's where something like this means that you can try something, see if you're going to like it, and invest in something that's actually worth your time and, and money. And like I said, the staff at the shops will guide yeah. you to that. But, you know, they don't want you to just you know waste your money yeah. on stuff that you're never going to continue reading. They want to get you reading regularly. I just want to say a big shout out to the Star Trek Comics, who've probably been there since the very early hours this morning to get it set up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- th- those staff have, have been there setting it all up, working hard. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, kudos and applause to all of the hardworking staff at comic shops across the country that are taking part in Free yes. Comic Book Day. So we appreciate all of you guys out there, um, you know, doing all that stuff. In fact, anybody working in a shop on a Saturday, salutations to you all. Yes. You are awesome. Apart from guys going to say CX. <laughs> Everybody else. <laughs> to be fair, probably left the shop unattended to go and queue for free comics. But yeah, retails, retails are hard, harder career choice. Um, and all, a second yeah. only to people who serve us food. Yes. Who have an even harder job. So yeah, well, so well, anybody, anybody who serves in, me. Anybody in service industries out there, yeah. praise to you all. It's a games review. <coughs> Bang. You can, use, you can use the cop as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's no sound effect there. Ukulele. <coughs> New indie platformer title. Do you want to let us in? But ukulele. It's a kid's game. Because I've got the mentality of a child. Ukulele is a platform game by Platonic Games, which um, was Kickstarter funded. And it's a throwback to platform games such as Banjo, Kazooie, Crash Bandicoot, and Super Mario 64. And Spyro. And Spyro, Spyro, yeah. Because games like this don't get made anymore. So they felt they needed to make one. Yeah, I mean, most of the staff were ex rare stuff. Yeah. So from the golden age of rare, Donkey Kong country kind of era. It's very much exactly the style of Banjo, Kazooie. Um, in terms of how like the loading screens are, the fade outs, the character types, the weird noises the, t- the characters make because they don't talk, they just go. It's quite irritating. Yeah, so, isn't most of the music recorded on a ukulele as well? Pretty much, yeah. Um, but it's actually really fun and it really takes me back to like Six Sweet Holidays where I just sit and play N64 all the time. Um, it's challenging, it's fun, you have to go around collecting. Things called pages, which are um, the pages of a book, because like books have been stolen. Um, yeah, it, it's what you'd want from a platform game. There are faults with it; the camera goes all over the place sometimes. But um, so, explain to us who Yuka and Laylee are. Yuka is a chameleon. Laylee's a bat. And what are their personalities like? Is one crazy one? Yuka, Yuka's like chill. Uh, yeah. Laylee's a bit angry. <laughs> The RC. Do you, do you relate so you, quite a lot? <laughs> do you relate quite a lot with Lady, by the way? Yeah, it's, it's the same dynamic of Banjo Kazoo. How like Banjo was quite cool, and you know, Kazooie was a bit of attitude on. Is it Kazooie? Was Kazooie a girl or a boy? I can never remember. A bird. Yes. Yeah, it's a bird. <laughs> yes. As far as I can remember. Um, it has been quite well received. Yeah, it's had some average reviews, um, but I quite like it. It takes me back. It's challenging as hell, you know, trying to get to a certain platform and you can't quite do it and you can go back and have to go and do it all over again. You know, it's got the frustration of, like, the days I'd spend playing Mario 64. Yeah. And I, I do enjoy it. Like I say, some bad camera angles, some annoying sound effects, but genuinely, I'm enjoying playing it. It's fun. I mean, platformer seems to be a bit of a neglected generation. We've had Super, Gal- Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy 2, but not much else in the platform spectrum now. Even Zelda is pretty much an FPS nowadays rather than 
And it's more about unlocking areas rather than... I think when it comes to mainstream producers, they're definitely kind of something they're not doing. I think when we're looking at indie games or downloadable games and stuff like that, there's a lot more that along, you know, things like... Uh, Limbo and yeah. um, the other one that's come out recently, Little Nightmares. Yes, they're they're all of that over. They're kind of like uh, that. It's trying to get back of, to that childhood sense of wonder. I think with platform games, I think just, just like, like I was saying, fun. Yeah, and I think that's something that's been lacking from a lot of games recently. Is is just the fun element that, that anybody can pick it up, anybody yeah. can play it. There's uh, there's uh, a challenge, but uh, it's good. Yeah, I mean that was the thing about the first Mario game. It's simple. You had a jump button and that was it it was yeah. jump and walk left or right and that's kind of being lost now I mean you've got controllers with 600 buttons and all of them have different functions and it's like it. Like I'm playing Mass Effect and Drum just at the minute and even I forget some of the button combinations sometimes and all the menus and interfaces are all poorly laid yeah. out and it's kind of I miss simplicity in gaming sometimes. Well, I, I love any game that doesn't reward you for putting in 45,000 hours by giving you the ability to do extra jumping. It's a level playing field. Everybody can be, you know, you, you'll work your way through and yeah. as you progress, you'll be taught skills and you'll utilize those skills and you'll use that knowledge and skill to progress through the game. Um, and I imagine this, is there a multiplayer guy? Uh, I don't know. I'd hope not. I think there is, but I don't think it's like great. I, I don't know. I, I, I just ignore multiplayer, to be fair. Guy's a single man on a single game. I am. I think if, if, if there was a multiplayer <laughs> element to, uh, I mean, to... In the world of gaming. To this game, it would just be a case of like you just run at each other and whoever's left standing wins. I think so. That would, that would be good for that. But yeah, things like Mario Kart, again, they're good examples of like just... Just streamline no, down Mario to a good Kart fun. is designed to create argument, and that is all Mario Kart is there for. <laughs> a mean, game that can take you from first to eighth due to a poorly timed bunch of other players. <laughs> do, you know, like, do you know what makes me sad though? So, like, I was thinking about this because I'm obviously playing this game, and I still occasionally put on my N64 and I'll play games on that because that, these are the, my favourite type of games, and it sounds lame and childish, but. I love how colourful they are, and it just literally reminds me of childhood playing these games for ages. And they're so challenging, they're so fun. But like, I think like my nephew now, he's going to be free, so he's coming to an age where he might want to start playing computer games. But there's nothing for him like this. Like, and I think to myself, like, for me, I had like Sonic the Hedgehog, I had Mario sixty four. I grew up playing these games before I progressed onto things like Grand Theft Auto or Quake and stuff like that. So I was able to progress through games as my age got older. But for him, there's going to be nothing like this, really, where he can learn with a child, like you know, a childlike game, the basics of learning how to play these computer games, and then going on to the more adult stuff. It kind well, of makes me sad that that doesn't exist anymore. I think the biggest problem with that is the digital store era now, and it's like you've got the virtual console with the Nintendo um, Switch. But on top of that, is they charge some ridiculous values sometimes for some of their games, and it's kind of. You can't pay 20, 30 quid for a game from the NES era, really, yeah. and get away with it. I, I think, think it should be much cheaper and it should be a way to introduce people to some classic games. I think this is where retro gaming comes into its own. Mm. Um, the the fact that you could go out and buy a used GameCube or yeah. N64 or even a Super Nintendo and, and get those classic titles. So you could get you know, the younger kids playing Super Star Wars or... Um, 
mystical ninja or whatever yeah. it is. I think oh, that's where you're going to come into kind of that thing. You're not going to get those on the kind of like a console that costs you £400 and is trying to convince you that everything you see is real. Yeah. I think that that's 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 where it is for adult gamers. I think if you're over a certain age. But I think yeah. it's, a, it's the one thing that new Nintendo still do and still do well. Yeah. And they've just kind of announced this week they've got a new version of their uh, DS lineup. The 2DS. They've introduced yeah. the 2DS. So Excel, instead of being the yeah. flat, child-friendly one, they've got yeah. it with a hinge thing. Yeah. And, the, and the titles and the games that you get on those devices are very much kid-orientated, kid-friendly, yeah. kind of a step up from your mobile game type yeah. of thing. Uh, so I think there's, there's there's a market there for, for younger kids, and I think it's in the handheld mobile game, retro gaming area. Um, yeah. But I do, I I think do consoles feel consoles are now for yeah. adults. I think that's pretty much definitive. I mean, I am interested to see if this leads to anywhere and somebody else takes on. Because, I mean, you, yeah. later this year, you've got Knack 2 coming out, which I, was a game I quite liked. It was a PlayStation 4 launch site, and I quite liked it. But you've also got the Crash Bandicoot reissue series that's coming out. So yeah. let's see what happens again. Again, Parappa the Rapper again. Yeah, that's well. coming back. So let's see what happens when Crash comes out, because I think it might lead the way again. So to sum up, ukulele, worth a purchase? It's worth a purchase. Don't I mean, I paid about 30 quid for it. Maybe wait till it goes down a little bit in price if you're only curious by it. But if you are really into platform games and you have a strong nostalgic feeling from like I did, go and buy it. Ignore the camera angles. can be a pain in the ass sometimes. And just go and buy the game. Just enjoy the nostalgia it brings. Because it's, it's making me feel warm inside. <laughs> Do you want to eat them? Probably not. It's a weird sweet segment on our show. <laughs> Thanks for that, Keith. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm going to be in the new Mighty Bruce show. Viv found this one. My lovely wife, Vivian. In B&M Bargains. It is. <laughs> there's just there's like the, the whole sequence of words that get to this. Like, I didn't. I went to the chocolate hotel and like, what these? Look, no, B and M. Chupa Chups branded mini candy pizza. It's even got a two and a from bit. If you want to give it away to somebody, it is actually a proper little pizza box. If I, if I, if the, I, the if, box I place, if I place this here, like in this area on my body, I could give this away to somebody. Two and from, two key from guy. <laughs> it does come in a. Oh god, that looks disgusting. Oh, for God's sake, man. Are you ready to see it, Keith? Okay. Oh, that's horrific. <laughs> it looks like it's been eaten once already. Put it that way. What things are on that? This could be a fried egg in the middle. Is this just leftover Haribo? It's like a fried egg, a strawberry lace. It comes on a little pizza base thing. And it seems like it's <laughs> well stuck. <laughs> You see, as I'm a, I'm as, a, as I'm a very eco-friendly person, I'm already concerned about the amount of right, packaging that's crinkle, already on right, this. Could you crinkle that away from the mic? But the audience want to know that I'm opening it. It's shrink-wrapped inside the other wrap. It's double-wrapped for extra freshness. They're fresh. trying to tell you something. They're trying to... T- you don't want to eat this. You I mean, really this, don't want to eat this. this. Look, there's another wrapper on. You don't want to eat this. This feature needs to stop, man. I mean, this, this is... Can't we have a nice sweets segment? Like okay. tasty treats. I got you nice sweets where's, a couple of weeks Phil ago. Where's Phil Ellis to rant about why this feature is wrong? <laughs> right, we're getting into it. Uh, where is Philip at the moment? He's probably somewhere. He, he's I, in I, Eastern Europe somewhere. Uh, I think so he's re- recreated. I imagine, I imagine that there's a there's, a, there's a, a good chance that Philip would think that this was quite tasty. Do you want to pick? Oh, for God's sake, man. I literally, it's like... Oh, I can smell that already. Mm, I'm going to the... have a slice of the pizza. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh <that's... laughs> Keith. 
Do you want to select what delicate taste? Just have that little tiny bit. On no, the top, come on, get in there properly. Oh, Aaron, a, a bit of the crust. It's a bit rubbery. I'm going to try the pizza as well. It's not really a pizza. It's I was expecting it to be a slice with things on. Well, you can. Oh, no, oh, it's okay. like mini slices. Oh god, that looks stuff. revolting. That looks like pizza that's been mouldy on the floor for a week. It's got like fake peppers on it. God, that is chewy, isn't it? As soft assorted jelly candy goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Chopper chops should stick to making lollipops. Right, enjoyed a game of chicken with this uh, little strawberry <laughs> lace. Come on, <laughs> we're going to recreate Lady in the Tramp in the studio with a strawberry lace. Oh, oh, there was a bit of this bit that I didn't like at all. Oh my god! <laughs> guy, guy, bottled it. In. <laughs> that he was failed. I think this is supposed to be banana flavour. I think I was going to get a mouthful of beard hair there. <laughs> been like velcro and never been unstuck again <laughs> <laughs> we've been like matt damon in that terrible movie <laughs> stuck on you i've bit my tongue you bit your tongue it tastes nicer than that pizza you want any more oh no, no, no i'm all right oh that really hurt no i'm all right actually to be fair i've got chocolate bar but i'm gonna eat that instead <laughs> I think this feature has run its course. I think so, yeah, I really do. I think we need to have everybody back in the studio so they can share in our pain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just not great. Yeah, fail on the pizza. Yeah. I mean, if you got that, if you ordered that from Takeaway, you'd be annoyed. <laughs> if a normal pizza turned up in that side of the box, I'd be furious. I mean, look at the production cost that's gone into that. Pizza box, that's a hefty cost on packaging for that little, that's a little, that's a small bag of sweets, 39p at best, really. Box included, you probably pay for like £1.50 for that box. I think Keith might use that for a project. You're going to use this pizza box for a project? Pizza pizza. You know, that's a ge- that is, this is a genuine pizza box. Yeah. This, this isn't just one that's made for this. This is a genuine, you, you could perhaps have a slice yeah. in that pizza box. Or like one of those personal pizzas, or maybe a mini garlic bread. We've all watched the first episode of American Gods, so shall we have a chat about that? It looks as grim as this pizza, so... Keith. That, that's exactly <laughs> how that made me feel. Oh, that was from the, that was from the bottom of my guts. Oh, I can taste that. Right, it, it, was, it was coloured when oh. it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners, but you just don't know what we've just eaten. Oh. You, th- you thought that thing when, when cartoon characters burp and it comes out blue. It was, it was a fakery. No, it's, it's real. It's cloud. <laughs> you look like one of the characters from American Gods doing that. <laughs> That's not, it wasn't pleasant. Right. American Gods on Amazon Prime now. It's an Amazon, Amazon original series. Guy, your thoughts to start us off with. I liked it. <laughs> All right, Greg Wallace, give us some actual information. I liked it. <laughs> it Are there any reasons why? I liked, liked it. it. And Calvin from Hollyoaks was in it. <laughs> and Lovejoy. <laughs> from a, if you say the casting like that, somebody from Hollyoaks and Lovejoy, it does sound Mate, like a that's very... A, that's a selling point. It's got Calvin, it's got Lovejoy, and it's got blood in it. And Emily Browning as his dead wife. Oh, uh, yeah. When you say blood, Guy, you mean a red liquid that's yes. pretending to be blood. Yes. I mean, the opening bit, the prologue bit, is very fantastical, I'd say that. It suits Neil Gaiman's writings, the style that they had at the very start with the Vikings coming to America. That sounded very poetic, the way you said that. Coming to America. And then you just ruined it by singing that god-awful song. <laughs> right, you're presenting the show. you texting <laughs> on your phone here. Come on, let's get cracking. I, I'm, I'm responding to our lovely fans on Twitter. Yeah, well, we've got to show Don't forget to tweet us at Geeky Brummy. Keith, your thoughts. Right, let's preempt this by saying I've been a fan of Neil Gaiman for a very long time. Did you like it? I've read many of his books. I've read the novel on which this TV series is based. I cannot say that I particularly liked American Gods the show. 
I can see why Ian McShane was kind of forefront on the um, he promotional is material. A very good pick for Mr. Winston. He's by far the best thing in this series. Because he's Lovejoy. Um, he's, you know. Do you think he, Tinker will turn up at some point? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I mean, he's brilliant in, in John Wick as well. He does this kind of like slightly knowing character. Very well. Yeah. Somebody who's, who's more than what he first appears to see. The enigmatic. Um, looks, yeah. like, looks like a ruffian as action art dealer. Yeah, but I mean, I struggled with it. Uh, the opening prologue should have been spectacular, but ended up being CGI'd Cheap beyond. And, yeah. or it, it just looked tacky. It, it just it didn't convince I think, me. As I said, they're trying to get the fantastical nature of it out, and it yeah, didn't it really was, come it was across. Just, just badly done. Um, and the music was all over the place for me. Uh, it tried, it tried in many ways to be like Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was like here, you know, we've got some music that's telling you that. something kind of crazy is going on, but it, it undercut what was going on. You were distracted by the music because it was like this music's just um, not very good, and it d- didn't play to the strengths. And there were scenes that were happening that just kind of seemed like. Um, just, just not My very issue well done. Is they've tried to cram way too much in the first episode. Yeah. The succubus scene was not needed in this one. I think they just threw it and say, "Oh, look, the succubus scenes in the yeah. first episode." If you read the well, book, I think the other thing that's got that, that, that's going against it a little bit is it's originated in America from the Stars Network. Yeah, and the Stars Network are responsible for some trashy shows. I shall say so they they haven't got the highest in production put it. Yeah, but and I think the. American Gods trod a line that that occasionally swerved over into the not very good uh, stars kind of production thing. The colour, they were were trying to be clever. It was a lot of high contrast, like let's whack the contrast up on this image and make it look a bit... I thought they tried too hard. Isn't that typical Brian Fuller? I realised he was involved and that kind of reminded me of Pushing Daisies, which I love. He's show running this one. I don't think he's... Directly, well, he he was one of the writers uh, on this opening episode. Yeah, and it was. It was um, I think a lot of he tried to get a lot of Hannibal into it. If you watch the Hannibal show, and he was trying to like shove that over the top of American Gods. The thing with American Gods, it's not fantasy, it's not sci-fi, it's not horror, it's not any genre mm. of work. It's a big old boiling pot of all of them. But this is why the blood stuff that that does, does play a lot in in, yeah. in American Gods. I felt. Was was the cheapest element of the show? It looked because, like a bucket of water. Yeah, because in in Hannibal they use blood is very symbolic and it's yeah. used a lot in Hannibal and was done very well. Yeah. Whereas this just looked fake and artificial and and um, just just brought you out of the the kind of thing that they were doing and, and an awful lot of CGI. There's a whole sequence with a kind of and then change the aspect ratio. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously that's symbolic of, of what's happening to, to Shadow Moon. Yeah. But it kind of took you out and it was kind of like you were think telegraphing a little bit too much. It's like this is real, this is not The this limo scene took me out a bit more than anything else. I yeah. think that Tech was... Boy's introduction was a little yes. kind of um yeah, there was a whole kind of like, Oh yeah, let's do a bit that looks like futuristic and that looks phantom, like yeah. clockwork orange. Yeah. You know, it's kind of I, I just think it struggled to find its identity in this first episode. I think it needs a at least another two to three episodes to see if it beds in. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to judge it on this one episode alone, I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch the second. There's a lot of these shows at the moment that I struggle with in terms of finding a hook for me. I had the same problem with Westworld. I had the same problem with Game of Thrones. And this one, again, it's kind of, it's almost trying too hard. There's bits of it that I kind of thought, when I read this book when I was younger, 
this would be the TV series the 13-year-old me would have made. It didn't seem to it really get... In adulthood, yeah. It didn't seem to really get the underlying um, story that, that that's in, in, in the I, novel. I expected a lot more of the horror element to come out of it rather than this because it felt more the fantastical side yeah. of the book rather than the horror side. But saying that... Neil Gaiman is a great writer. I, yeah. The scenes I liked most in this first episode were the scenes where nobody was talking. Yes. Uh, there was some nice cinematography going on. There was some nice way they were framing the images. Yeah. Uh, and apart from Ian McShane, uh, you know, even even the leprechaun just seemed... Oh, that You know, that just didn't work at all. He, he came across a bit like Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. <sighs> But the the other thing that I couldn't get over was like you're you're just basically the same guy that you were in Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like eh, I didn't I, get it. I think the good start it needs a lot of work. Yeah, but the, I think they're not even tackling the whole novel in this first series. They're no. just going to meander around, and I think that's no a worrying thing. Yeah. Is that if they it's, it's go a hefty novel to get to? I think there's probably about three series worth of content in yeah. there. Just more Mister Wednesday, and I'll yeah. probably stick around. I liked it. <laughs> why? Why did you like it, guy? <laughs> what? What? Name name two things you liked about it. Lovejoy. <laughs> um, and the dude from Hollyoaks. Yeah, Calvin. Hollyoaks. Cal- Cal- Calvin Valentine from Hollyoaks. Is it Calvin Valentine? I have no idea. It's Calvin from Hollyoaks. I know. Right. Flipping over to the other side of the TV spectrum, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Do we think we? <laughs> Do we think it's reached crisis point? Because we've got Cloak yes. and Dagger starting soon. We've got The Runaway <coughs> starting soon. You've got The Inhuman starting soon. They all tie into the movies. Uh, I think we worked out this week they're just about to hit seven full days, 24 hours, constant watching you to watch all of the MCU from start to finish. But don't forget, DC were pretty much close to that as well. But we only just hit the stuff. eighth anniversary. So in eight years, they've done an entire seven days of content. Yeah, It was all right when you just had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to keep with, with, but now you've got all the Netflix stuff, you've got stuff on Hulu. You're going to have to have three or four different subscriptions on three or four different things if you want to watch it all in sequence. See, I think that like the Netflix stuff, that's fair enough. They're doing that, doing that thing, the Netflix stuff, and it's a bit more adult side, and it can be more appealing. And I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is fine because that's like your definitive tie-in series, you know. It's getting silly. Like, the, the Cloak and Dagger. That's just a teen drama, right? It just looks ridiculous. I'm not bothered about teen issues. Don't care about them. Runaways, what's this about? Like, six little pack of kids' secrets that I'd sod off. <laughs> and then Inhumans. I mean, that's just a costume contest gone wrong, isn't it? So, it's just getting a joke. Punisher didn't need to be made. Iron Fist didn't need to be made. It's getting a joke. I think they made fun of that in their own trailer for the Defenders, where it's like, "Who's the guy with the glowing fist?" It's like because nobody watched that series. <laughs> but I'm I'm halfway I'm halfway through the Iron Fist series, and I don't seem to have as many objections to it as a lot of other people. It's it's entertaining enough. It's you know there's there's things wrong with it, but uh, uh, those Netflix shows they they're doing their own thing, and I think it, yeah. they, they know that. You know, the way Jessica Jones is, is giving Danny the eye when they're sitting around that table, it's like, yeah. you know, I think they, there's a knowingness to it that, that Danny is the least, well, you know, he's yeah. very naive. He's, he's, he's been out of the, So there's some kind of reason for why Danny's a div um, yeah. sometimes. I mean, with DC, they've made a very clear line between the TV shows and the movie and say these universes will never interact from start yeah. to finish. Which is fine because... The movies haven't lived up to it. There's been some good stuff in the DC TV series. Yeah. I mean, The Flash is probably the most watched TV show at the moment. That kind of yeah. 
era. Well, for me, the whole the, the best DC stuff is the animated stuff. Yeah, um, you know they do the animated stuff by far better than Marvel have ever done their animated stuff. I mean, there's I mean, been a couple of really good um, animated shows that Marvel have done, but they've I, never really picked up. I actually really like the one shots they did at the start of the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, the one shot bits were really little vignettes. Funny thing happened yeah. on the way to Thor's Hammer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and well, Agent Carter spun out of one of those one shots. Yeah, um, but that, that was, really was a good, good series because it gave you some history into her, and she was a really interesting character. Yeah. But like I think, like agree with you on it. It's in crisis because they're just making teen drama now. They're just clutching, at, scraping the barrel for any ideas. I think to connect. It's a slightly miss. They're they're, they're thinking they're diversifying their audiences or, because you know like they things like rip- to do with the comic books yeah. which failed. So miserably. you know, yeah. there's always a market for the kind of Smallville, the Dawson's Creeks, the kind of Beverly Hills ish yeah. nature of things. Again, the choices of characters they've got. Cloak and Dagger aren't... They're not really a teen drama show. They've, yeah. got to, they've got to adjust somehow how these characters got their powers. Because they, they were a pretty dark... Well, they've been alluding um, to it in the trailer. Yeah. But. And I mean, most of that trailer I, I didn't buy into, but the shot of Cloak's cloak at the, in the very last yeah. shot, that was nice. That was kind of cool. Uh, I mean, um, I didn't like the whole Dagger bit with... Yeah, I mean, they make they're committing to these shows. I mean, you know... There was a lot of talk halfway through S.H.I.E.L.D. with Bobby and Hunter spinning off yes. into Most Wanted. Which would have actually probably worked all right, I yeah. think. That, so, I think. I'd preferred Most Wanted over both in both Inhumans and Runaways. I'd have preferred yeah. that series because they actually built and had a lot of developed characters. And I think Adrian Palicki, and it actually worked as quite a good series and they had two decent actors doing that one. Well, I would have hoped what we would have got out of Most Wanted was the introduction of the British side because yeah. of Hunter being a, yeah. a member of, of the, the British well, fraternity. I so struggled with him cool. at the very start of S.H.I.E.L.D. because he was in Trolley before that. <laughs> he was Kieran in Trolley. I, I believe he's responsible for another series of Babylon not being made which is yeah. one of the best dramas on Channel 4 in recent years. And as a, as a Why? Because he was too busy doing Trolley. Yeah. yeah. No, he's too busy doing S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. As a comic, Runaways is a great series. Yeah. Um, but they need to embrace the the very very fantastical nature that uh, it that feels Runaways like they shoved Runaways in to like fill the X Men gap a little yeah. bit and like Inhumans well, in again. Humans, again, I think fill in the X Men gap in the universe. Yeah, which based on the publicity shot alone isn't isn't working. The um, the costume designer needs to be sacked already. Yeah, I think imagine I think. that had been made as a film, and that's the first promo shot. Of well, a film. the first two episodes which, coming out in IMAX. Do you know what I'm thinking? Fantastic Four 1994 that yeah it's not it's a group shot and the group shot should look badass but they yeah. look like they look like those on the way to the pub yeah, it's just it's, <laughs> it, uh, honestly it, it just looks it, it's embarrassing this, this is the point where Marvel it, this is the point where they need to question what they're doing because that, that is embarrassing for them is it now they're chasing the cash cow yeah and I think really they're milking it for all it's worth while I, I it's think, at the height of popularity I think as a group the Inhumans is the least TV friendly you've got to yeah. do a lot of work to make as, as we said work. earlier off air I think the Inhumans would have worked much better in Guardians of the Galaxy as the enemies this time around that would have been a great way to bring them into the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm. they'd have played the exactly same role as the Golden Empire Yeah, they could have fitted in straight easy and they'd have been in and there would have been a lot more production values towards it rather than trying to make a cheapo TV series Yeah, it's. I mean it's early days it's really g- it's going to last a few episodes and it's going to get cancelled yeah well, it what, ain't going to survive I mean Powerless 
the DC show got pulled. Yeah, um, because it was rubbish. So yeah. I think it's it's kind of they've reached the point now where superhero stuff is really popular. So we'll throw everything we've got at the screen in the shotgun effect. But this is the point, though. It's kind of like, I feel like I saw that trailer online yeah. at least for the Runaways, and I was just kind of like, for God's sake, I can't. I'm getting sick of like Marvel just cramming out stuff because it's ruining the enjoyment of films for me. Because I'm not a big watcher. Of the t- I don't really watch a TV series. Yeah. And to me, the fact they keep cramming these out and it's kind of like, do I need to watch them in case I miss Agents of Shield? worked okay because they didn't they it runs concurrently with the movies but you but don't all, have to watch it it should have always just been Agent Shield and Agent Carter and they should have dabbled and then yeah. dipped out of it and kept on with the films I mean, they're the, doing the film so well I but, think the Netflix stuff it works perfectly fine we know that it's in the universe but it focuses purely on those characters you know like the battle for New York has happened and that's it and that's pretty much the only yeah, mention I mean, you get in Daredevil and then it just carries on as normal I think that's fine to have those but as I say it's these <coughs> upcoming three where now it's got to be questioned Marvel you need to stop you've got to stop with this because it's becoming a nonsense but saying that there's two characters that will make me buy into two of these series if they do Lockjaw well in Inhumans He's, I'll watch it for Lockjaw. He's going to be comedy. I I, I dread to think what the they're going to do. The whole show's going to be comedy made based on that picture alone. It's from K2SO and the success they've had with Groot, they're going to make Lockjaw yeah. a funny character. Well, they can't make... Uh, the one thing I do like, and I actually say this, I do really like the idea, they've made Black Bolt speak in sign language, so they've actually kept true to the character with that. Well, that's cool. And that's the quite most good. The most destructive voice in the universe. Yeah, but they've actually, like found a way to, yeah. to communicate and it's probably quite good to have somebody with doing it's probably going to be an ASL sign language but it's still good to see a character bring that yeah. into this kind of and if universe. they do if they do runaways as long as they have old lace in it I'm, I'm, I'll watch that because you can't yeah. not watch a TV show it's got a dinosaur in it Cloak and Nigger yeah I think there's a couple of they could have adapted a couple of other comics Marvel ran do a, a Doom series. Patrol comic I want Doom Patrol do a Doom Patrol series that'd be good that'd be fun see Doom Patrol would fall into the Legion side yes. of TV yeah I'd be all over a, a Doom Patrol series but yeah D- DC there's, are never going to go with char- their yeah. I was going to say there's enough characters that you can have fun with it rather than having to make it into this giant over expanding universe thing that Kevin Feige has to put his fingers into every single pie and yeah perhaps it's like everything else that you should just pare down series should come to a natural conclusion yeah have a bit of a break and then bring back something more interesting and different um launching it's the, it's the star well, trek effect all over it's like having well, too many concurrent shows running I think at the same time now we've reached officially phase three of the big scheme of things it's getting a bit i think it's all building up to infinity war and then after infinity war there's going to be a big gap yeah. And people are not going to be very happy about the gap afterwards if they've been watching it all the way through. Yeah, I think it feels like they're pumping out the TV show, so you've got something to go back to if you only watch the movies. But, but at the same time, if the quality they're putting is a costume party on screen, you really want to go back to that because I mean, it looks pathetic. I mean, I'm sorry to anybody who seems enticed by it, but it looked uh, it was. Impressive. It reminded me of, as you said, the nineties. 94 Fantastic Four, the 90s Captain America series, the 90s Flash, that kind of production value of, we'll stick somebody in a funny costume and woohoo, that'll do. I mean, you think like the quality this 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 company are producing, is it Kevin Feige? Yeah. We'd have looked at that and been like, do you know what guys, seriously go back to the drawing board, this idea is not working. But that seems to have slipped through and it's and like you said, I think it is a cash cow now that they've, they've let that image slip out into the public. And be like, that's fine, because people are going to watch it anyway, because it's got Marvel written on it. It's kind of like, yeah, but no, you need to learn that not necessarily everything you do is going to be great. I think they're going to know. I think they're going to find this out very quickly because there's too much stuff for people to watch. So I think if people aren't tuning in, 
I think the stuff like Netflix and Amazon Prime and stuff where it doesn't really matter if the figures aren't good, but if it's going out on network television, if it's not bringing in the viewers, it's going to get canned. I mean, that's the one thing that really worries me, as I said, with Inhumans. The first two episodes going on IMAX, you've got to punch above your weight for that for a TV show for it to work. Yeah, but we've, Doctor Who's done that in this country. It's gone out in the yeah, cinema but, release and stuff. But if you think about like what they're putting out in terms of these three upcoming shows... In a world where things... I know you're not a big fan of Game of Thrones, but in a world where like Game of Thrones exists and American Gods, Westworld, Fargo, which is like quite universal entertainment for all sorts of you know young people, older people, you know, is interesting the market stories. starting to get too crowded? But are, the, are these things like are these things even going to register? Yeah. You know, or are they just going to be laughed at? As, you know, but like, in, interestingly enough, we you know it's saying about Marvel spinning off. What's it? It's got announced this week that Game of Thrones is going to have three spin-off series. Four. Uh, that four. Seems, that seems silly. Four are in script writing, and they'll decide which ones they want to yeah. take forward. So I think I think the first Dragon War would be quite good, like a bit of Rhaegar. That would have been interest. That's going to be quite interesting, but I don't think four is justified. Do you want? Do you want to quite interest? I mean, I haven't watched this show yet, but I know you two have watched. I think Legion. That seems to me like an interesting take on superhero that I would probably watch because I'd be interested in it because it seems really different. It's X-Men universe, but it's not enough X-Men universe that it you have to know everything about it. But that's the point is that they've tried something different there to try and appeal to people, whereas this Inhumans just looks like it's going to be a silly series of people in costumes trying to save the universe where that doesn't strike me that it seems like there's some kind of superhero but element but with drama to it I think like the quite, Defenders series I think if they change things around I think you'd quite like the Inhumans because they're pretty much all a bunch of <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> they're I'm, a royal family who actually hate everybody that they and they only have to save the yeah. universe because I, it's good for them the Inhumans I think is a, it's a difficult one because it struggled for a long time it yeah. was going to be a film now it's been then pulled back to a Daisy TV series. And all that stuff, yeah. and Marvel seemed to be committed to this Inhumans thing. I think because um, they built it up so much in S.H.I.E.L.D. for the last three yeah. or four seasons. But they Inhumans can't really, generally yeah. have been pretty poor in S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, the biggest, the big, in the comic universe, the Inhumans have always been the foil to the X-Men. And that you can tell that really struggles with the way they've done the Marvel Universe because mm. they're trying to bring the Inhumans in. But when you haven't got the X-Men to counter it, the whole point of mutants versus hum- Inhumans, right, we're both not human characters, but how we deal with it in, is in yeah. a completely different way. It's a real big struggle for them because they haven't got that foil of the X-Men See, to go I'd, against. I'd, I'd like to go back to the very, very early Inhumans and they're living on the moon. Yeah. That would work for me. Yeah. I, the whole idea of Atalan being on Earth yeah. perhaps doesn't quite work. I think if you, no. hum- if you put them back, if you put them on Earth, it ends up being a bit well, this, this is the other thing with Earth as well. So you got Wakanda there, and it was never mentioned up until what Avengers two, but now Wakanda's like a proper place, which we know from Civil War. Yeah, I think, kind of I think like... they, they allude to it a little bit. It's on the map in the Hulk and stuff. There, there's yeah. little nudges to it. But now you're um, going to pull Atlantia, yeah, and it's kind of just shoved too many places into the Earth, and it's like you're going a bit too far out now. The whole point of Earth six one six was it's supposed to be. Pretty yeah. much a mirror universe of our Earth. I'm I'm quite happy to let them do it, and if yeah. it's good, I'll watch it. If it's not good, I'm not going to be that bothered. Do you think that they should have, or they should, with it potentially go the Guardians of Galaxy route to make it really tongue in cheek and silly and funny and like that? They're, they're or are they going to take it seriously? They I don't have... think people will like. If they did the Guardians of Galaxy route, I think it might be a success. But if they take it seriously, it's just going to flop on its face. I think. I think if they take it on the Guardians of the Galaxy route and they are actually a bunch of miscreant 
bastards. Yeah. Sorry for swearing. But. I think the Inhumans, they, they are struggling because, like you said, foil to the X-Men currently, from the Fantastic Four originally. Yeah. It's, they're kind of lost in their place Without in the their, Marvel yeah. Universe as it is cinematic. It, it'd be like bringing Doom out. Lost a costume by the moment. Well, it'd be like putting Doom into the Marvel Universe currently. It just wouldn't work yeah. properly. But, you know, it could just be it was a very bad publicity photo and they're going to pull it all together and in tw- six months' time we'll all be going, actually, that was all right. Yeah, but I'd, I'd say the TV is take it or leave it with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think it's going to have that much of a world-ending effect if you don't watch it all. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would say is the one show I'd recommend to watch in companion to the movies if you fancy it. And it is hugely enjoyable. Uh, yeah. They're doing it in and that Coulson's kind of... the best character that's come out of the old... The whole MCU from Mr. Oh, yeah. Billy No Mates in Iron Man yeah. through to a pretty much well-rounded character. Now. And if and if you're not watching the current series of, of Shield, they have broken it down almost into little graphic novels. There's yeah. there's there's been the Ghost Rider story. We're currently in the UK uh, through the LMD story. Yeah, and we've got another uh, kind of arc coming up and kind of splitting it yeah, up. Yeah, I think quite the a nice entire thing. season arc was a bit too much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's working quite well. We get this little bit of story. And whole, it's all going to come together at the end. Yeah, the whole death, um, um, death, not death route. Ghost whole, Rider. No, season two, J. Death Michael Lock. Deathlock series. Yeah. yeah, that was a bit too much. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm enjoying Shield. It's fun. It's it's the Marvel equivalent of the of something like Flash and Supergirl. Yeah, it's a little bit more kind of harsh in prices, but I, I'm quite enjoying it. So we say, watch the Shield, watch Netflix shows. Ignore the rest if you're not really that much of a hardcore fan. Uh, yeah, I think I think you you you're happy enough to watch the ones that you enjoy and ignore the rest. And and if you don't if you don't like any of them, don't don't watch 14 episodes of them and constantly say on in, on social media that you can't stand it. Yeah. Just give it just give it up. I'm telling something else. I'm telling you for a fact that def- that that um Inhumans picture that's definitely a future show picture for us, right? Probably. It's got to be. <laughs> but there's no lockjaw to shove your face on. Oh, we can add a lockjaw. I don't even know what our character looks. Look in the mirror, and you'll be halfway there. <laughs> look in the mirror, I just see beauty. Looking a bit rough. <laughs> I look in the mirror, I just see beauty. And the beast. Do you know what? Did you see beauty in the beast in the cinema? No. I'm not I'm not being harsh to Dan Stevens. He looked better as the beast. <laughs> Definitely looked better as the beast. She she pulled the short straw when he turned transformed. Emma Watson doll thing that we saw in Disney. Oh, oh God, that was wrong. Creepiest. There's a giant Emma Watson head put on this Barbie doll. It's like four times the size of the rest of it. But she looks like a Funko Pop with a Barbie doll body underneath they, they it. Have, they have had a range of dolls that are, that are of, of that kind of slightly, yeah. slightly deformed um, manner. But oh, God, them, it was just kids. wrong, wasn't it, when we looked at it? Yeah, it wasn't great. It's like the pumped up Star Wars toys you can buy now, where like Luke Skywalker's ripped more than like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's like... I'm a moisture farmer, but my biceps are big. Hey, that lightsaber ain't light too heavy to it's quite heavy to carry. It's like, what's going on? Even Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. It's like <laughs> Do you think if it was in the Star Falls universe and you were force sensitive, everybody would be a right lazy bugger, wouldn't they? Yeah. The TV remote would float across the room. You'd you'd never pick up your cup of tea again. So you could read your book, and like the cup of tea would start drinking itself for you. Is that is that like an extended universe thing where it turns out that Jabba the Hutt and the Huts are actually the highest evolved Jedi of all? Yeah. Because they're just going, oh, we can't be right. We're just going like, to just float everything across yeah. the room. That'll do. He's a fat one, I know. <laughs> It's almost as big as that guy we saw on four on the bed. No, oh, there's, there's me and Rhymer on four on the bed once. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a couple. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's actually really scary as well. It really does look like it. I'll show you the picture at some point, Keith. We need to show Talk the world this picture, I think. Talking of social media, Guy, where can we find you online? Um, blog, anybody? GuyDiscoversMusic.wordpress.com I haven't written anything for a while, I need to... You need to get some 45s, don't you, Beg? Uh, you need <laughs> some stars on 45. Jive bunny. Someone count seven inches. <laughs> um, our Twitter. What am I on Twitter? Guy underscore Alfred. Yes. Um, Vinyl Guy H on Instagram. Just follow me. I post stuff. I'm cool. Yeah. Keith. You can find me at hardluck underscore hotel on Twitter. Without the underscore on Instagram. Check out my groovy photos. They're cool. And, and your um, website. And the website is hardluckhotel.co.uk. Which, unlike guys, I haven't really posted anything for a while. Yes. I'm very lazy. It's been a long time. But I will do something at some point. I will um, post stuff, interesting stuff. Encourage me, get me to do something. I do need to draw some more. Do I need stuff. to go out, get out there and take some photographs. I need to be inspired. You can find me, Guy. <laughs> Taking a cat for a walk. You can find me online at Ryan Parrish, or you can find my shortlisted for an award. Oh, here we go. Food Wait for this. Wait for this. At Brimmy Gourmand. Not the Midland uh, Food, Drink, and Hospitality Awards are coming up soon. I'm the very window. It's on May the 8th. Why, why are you doing this you can... like coy little like swirl? As you <laughs> Vote say? for me. Vote for Pedro or Brummy Gormond. Well, you're going to sell it a bit more than that. What, what are we voting for? What's the concept? I it? am nominated for Best Food and Drinks Blogger in the West Midlands. Why? Because I write really good stuff about food. Do you, you write? You like all it? read my book. No, I actually talk about food rather than just saying it's nice every five what, seconds. What was the thing you talked to me about last night? Text was it? Texture palette, yes. That? Texture, flavor palette. You know, explain like... to keep what how you explaining on the flavor palette. So here we go. Right. Have have a digestive. No, no. The, the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> the pizza the tasted palette? very mechanical. It tasted very overproduced. It was a lot of false flavor in there. Um, texture was minging from start to finish, and I would not recommend that in any way, shape, or form ever again. And then I would actually probably say it's on the verge of not fit for human consumption. That's good. That's good. We whereas, should task Philip. Whereas a lovely McVitie's digestive nibble, I'd recommend those day in, day out. It's pretty much just like a miniature chocolate shortbread biscuit in a ball. You have to breathe in the vapours before you eat them to enhance your... No, just shove them in four at a time. <laughs> I've got a predicament for you. You go you go to one of your events. Yes. Somebody, you, you're getting born so out of some food. Guy's very upset that I don't invite him to blogging events. This is where it's all coming from. <laughs> you go to one of your events. Yeah. So... Somebody brings out some food to you. Yep. They bring out that chip chips pizza. Like, yep. This is new. This is our dessert menu. You have got to try it. Yeah. Do you slag it off in your blog post, or to save face and potentially get another invite to another event? Did you do a fake review about how nice it was? I give constructive criticism. Oh. I don't say it's bad. I say how can you make it better? Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'm happy with that. But the other reason you don't fight guys is because you'd just be burping and saying how terrible it all was. <laughs> no, well, that's had an effect on me. <laughs> well, there's there's guys' opinion. The you'd table's be been your tipped. green and human noxious gas all over the table. <laughs> yeah, like the, the, way, the way it comes up to me. Like, would you even get the food? Oh, so you liked it then? <laughs> Smell for yourself. Is this a, is this a public vote or is it yes, a vote public vote open yeah. on May the eighth? So we should get Mr. Philip Ellis to uh, run your campaign for you. Yeah, I might oh, do actually. Verified, doesn't he? Yes. Mr. Massey wasn't nominated. No, it's because he's a blagger, that's why. <laughs> Little blagger. I, mean, I don't think he got a nomination. T-shirt wearer of the year. Uh, I think he's more more about the Birmingham Awards, which is where he won last year. I think he's going for a twofer. A twofer? Yeah. 
I, uh, I, I like looking at a picture of David in his suit. He's actually in the late, latest copy of Birmingham Living with George. But not in a suit. Both of them not in the suit. He is kind of dressed I mean, like to him. be fair, in that picture, no offence, Dave, he, he kind of looks like he's lurking on George a bit. George's like, have a picture, please. And George's like, really smart. And then also, like, Jay, Dave's crept up in the background, like, can well, I be apparently in Apparently the photographer's saying, get close together. And like, and George's like, George's like, no, I can't be seen with Bruma. Hi to George and Dave at yes. the Yorkshire and Sculpture Park and Philip, wherever you are. And Bramauer. And Bramauer, probably in his garden, looking at his toad spawn at the moment. Drinking Prosecco. Frog spawn time. Oh, he's, he's, drinking he's, it. He's, oh, he's, rub, that's nasty. he's rubbing his door. <laughs> Stroking my door. <laughs> Stroking my door. No, I think he's too busy playing with his tadpoles in the pond in the background. Playing with his tadpole. Yes. He's got a newt as well now. This was important news. Where does he news. live in the bloody woods? What's going on? He has a pond in his Is there just a door at the woods that opens up and you just walk into his world? He's like Mr. Tumnus. He just walks like, out I'm, as a lamp. I'm <laughs> living in the wind of the willows. <laughs> he lives in the wonderful world of Narnia, although also known as Green Sea. Has he got a little jetty that goes out onto the river? The He's boat. got a pond <laughs> in front of his summer house which has a backwards door on it. With a boat that has a leaf as a sail. It's all going to Massey's house, man. <laughs> That's the sound of that. Don't forget you can find us all online at Geeky Brummy on Twitter, Geeky Brummy on Facebook, Geeky Brummy on Instagram, podcast at pod, uh, brumradio.com forward slash podcast forward slash geeky. You can find information there. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and just keep listening. Bye, everybody. This is the bit where you both say goodbye. You know, we do it once a week. Ow, I just nose butted the microphone. <laughs> Yeah, right reviews too. Goodbye, guy. Goodbye, Ryan. Good night, Ryan. Good, it's like the Waltons now, is it? What's good night, John boy? What's I, happening I right thinking, now? He's got like stuck in a two Ronnie's loop thing. <laughs> yeah, we need to turn it's him off. It's, it's good night from him, and it's good night from him, and it's good night from him. Keep needs to be powered down. Guy, shutting down now. <laughs> Hello, guy. That's Daisy, Daisy, give me an answer to. Okay, this is descending into chaos now. So. Bye, guy. Turn it off! Ryan. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash brumradio or visiting the Brum Radio website and hitting support.